Welcome on in 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in on your dial, edinburghnow.com, and the TuneIn app on your mobile devices. I am Tyler Trumbauer, your Monday through Friday co-host, and joined today by the Monday, Wednesday, Friday guy, the dog tubby in the building. That's right. You 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 you've gotten rid of the the dog part, right? Yeah. So you're just tubby. So you're like just tubby. You're not. You're not. It used to be like. Used to be like P Diddy. Now it's just Diddy. Right. So that's what you are. Right. Except you're a lot less rich. Famous. And famous. Right. And powerful. Good looking. Right. All of that. Yeah. So I'm like the anti Diddy. Right. But your your namesake is is much of the same. Mm-hmm. Understandable. All right. So that now that that's out of the way. Now we can talk sports here on the morning after, uh, as we attempt to do, <laughs> at least most days of the week. Good stuff to get to. Um, we have Borough Women's Soccer to talk about, but we'll do that in the last segment um, with Mike Fenner, who called the game with me yesterday right here on 88.9. We can recap that match f- between Edinburgh and Cusstown at 9.45. But until then, it's just Tubby and I talking, and uh, we're going to we got a lot to talk about. We have another coordinator in the National Football League fired, um, mm-hmm. which has a Cleveland connection. Uh, of course, because it's Cause the, the Mecca. <laughs> I knew this. When I saw this, I was talking to Fenner last night, and I was like, you know, he's going to bring this up. He is going to bring this up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're right. You do have a point. That is, there are very few. This is probably one of the few things that you have said that is accurate. Thank you. Is that everything... That happens in sports somehow, some way has a connection to Cleveland. It's just true. It just, yeah, it just is. It happens. So uh, we'll talk about that. Um, the NBA, the NFL, the NFL, Cleveland gets things started off this Thursday. We can maybe talk about that since you won't be in here tomorrow. So we're just going to kind of kind of whip around here in the National Football League, the coaching carousel, the like uh, to this morning, talk about different things going on here. And we'll start off with the National Football League little coaching carousel um, here today. Pep Hamilton, fired the offensive coordinator, um, is now gone from gone. the Indianapolis Colts on the street. Right out. So three and five, not the not the best of starts for them, and now. See, I really don't see how much of this is really his fault. Well, we'll get into that. So okay. let, let's set the table. And then so it's Rob Chudzinski. Chudzinski. That's what I said. Former head coach. Former head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Browns. is going to fill in as the offensive coordinator. So now that is back-to-back weeks of, of firings for the Indianapolis Colts. And you got to believe the head coach is gone after this, correct? So here's here's my question. So who do they fire before? They fired some some they fired like their offensive line guy, right? Uh, yes. They fired their offensive coordinator and who else did they fire? They fired someone else like a little while back. Yeah, um I'd have to look that up. Okay, so they fired a couple of assistants. The defense is not good. No. For Detroit. No. The offense is underproducing. Yes. How is Chuck Pagano still the head coach of the Colts. I have no idea. None at this point. I mean, other than that great campaign they had when uh, when he was diagnosed with cancer and it was Chuck Strong and I'm glad you brought that up because here's my question. How much of this is sympathy and how much of it is Are the Indianapolis Colts 
afraid to fire a man with cancer. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I could see that as being one of the reasons. But you almost kind of have to, like, take your heart out of your chest at this point. After all, it is a business. Right. And if you're not performing, whether the guy's sick or not, whether that's an excuse for him not to perform or not, he's not getting the job done. I think they're – I think – I think that's the reason why they're not firing him is because of what he did. Like you said, the Chuck Strong, the like. Um, I mean, I, I think he's, he's, I don't know if he's successfully beat cancer. I don't, I don't know what his current status is with that. Yeah, I think it's just in remission. But he had a lot of people circling around him, supporting him. You said the Chuck Strong campaigns, the, the such like that. And I think that brought a lot of, support from the fan base and people just clinging to a genial, you know, downtrodden Chuck Pagano who's now working his way back, still fighting through. The team came around Chuck Pagano during that time of need and now after going 11 and 5 a year ago are still fighting. Right. But I don't see like th- there's now there's two weeks in a row that there's different scapegoats. Right. And, and I'm looking I'm reading right now currently a Article by uh, Shalise Young, Shalise Manza Young on Yahoo.com Sports. Who? And she talks about uh, later in the in the uh, in the article. She says there have been some stories of discord between Pagano and General Manager Ryan Grigson. Grigson, and there may be problems between Grigson and team owner Jim Ursay. Correct. Yeah, Grigson is probably on his way out too. I would imagine, especially if this year continues, it's complete clean of house from the front office all the way down to the water boy. Um, Grigson is a former Eagles front office exec, and then took the GM job uh, in the Indianapolis Colts organization. And I mean, Grigson's a smart guy, but he thinks he's one of the smartest guys around, and sometimes it doesn't work. And he did a good job. I mean, compiling right. talent. I mean, that's the problem with these. Colts is they put like a lot they put a lot of chips in the center for this year. Right. And and they had been doing really well in the draft and draft some talent. And then they got they started picking up these um Well, they took that bum running back from you. Yeah. Trent Richardson. Richardson. That, that was, started a downfall. That was the deal of the century for us, but and then but I mean they 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 got Andre Johnson from the Texans. They got Frank Gore from the Niners. You just have Andrew Luck. You know, they had they they, they put big weapons in place around Andrew Luck, who was doing all right without these weapons. And now you're giving it to him, and he's still, and they're not producing. Now right. the reports are coming out that Andrew Luck is playing with fractured ribs or a rib injury, which is not disclosed, supposedly, and the NFL's looking into that, so that's a whole other situation. Right. Because you can't be doing that. No, you have to report the injuries. So Grigson uh, might be in some hot water with that one. But I don't understand how Chuck Pagano still has a job. That's my biggest thing, and I really, really, truly think. And I don't know. I don't care if people think this is just a you know a bad thing to talk about, but it's it's the truth. I think it's because of his medical status and his his battle with cancer. That's why they're keeping it. It's almost it's almost like he's a mascot for the Colts, and they and and they're keeping him for his mascot responsibilities and duties and what he can bring to the table as a figurehead for the organization more than a head football coach. Right, kind of like the Browns did with Jim Brown and Bernie Kosar. Right. Bernie where Kosar, I don't even know where he is half the time. No, no. But I love me some Uncle Bernie. I still love Uncle Bernie. So the Colts do have a bye week coming up. Yep. 
the fifteenth is their bye week, so that's not this upcoming week. They they play the Broncos, and that should go extremely well. Mm-hmm. And then they'll then they have a bye week, and then they're at Atlanta. So. Is that the week that Pagano gets fired? Because unless he pulls out a miracle, I mean, they almost beat, upset the Panthers on Monday night. But I'm going to put a grain of salt. I'm going to put an asterisk against that. I didn't see the comeback in the second half because I was asleep like halfway through the second quarter because that rain that night, that driving rain in Carolina really just limited both quarterbacks. Right. Um, and really offenses overall. But if they, so they go and, and then they're back in the dome now. So you're in friendly confines and de- say Denver beats them. I'll give you 28-14. Denver wins. They double up. Indianapolis. At home. At Lucas Oil Stadium. Does Chuck Pagano get fired? I don't think. You think he makes a year? I think he does. And I tell you what. Again, I think they're still struggling with, you know, with the whole decision over, you know, do we really want to let this guy go? How much of it is on the coach? How much of it is on the GM? Especially if there's, like, if there's a bigger discord, say, between Grigson and Ursay mm-hmm. than there is between Ursay and Pagano. Like, if Pagano has a better relationship with Ursay than Grixon does, then I'm 100% sure then Pagano stays, and then they just acquire a new GM. Or give Pagano some of the GM duties. I mean, that's, a, that's an actual viability. But I don't think, like, if they let Pagano go, then you're looking at handing the reins over to Chud completely. And by Chud, I mean Chudzinski, the offensive, the new Offensive you, Whoa, whoa. The whole, you're going to give Chud the head coaching position at Indianapolis? Why not? He was a head coach. How'd that work out? I honestly thought he did a very good job. I don't I think he think got a fair shake. He did not. He was only there for, what, two years, not even? Yeah, but the whole, the whole reason he got fired was because he was Banner's guy. And right, and Joe Banner's gone. Right. And I like Joe Banner. You would. He's an Eagles guy. Yeah, he's an Eagles guy. He is. <laughs> I Sorry. I can't. I can't say publicly on the air my feelings about Joe Banner and his time in Cleveland. Well, it wasn't that successful, but he was better no, with the I, Eagles. Yes, I agree. So I, you know, and I think I'm okay that's. With that. I think that's part of the problem too. You have a lot of these guys that they get into a system or they get with a crew, and that crew works really well together. Well, yeah. If you're around talent, talent's going to make you look better. When I played basketball and I was and I was the point guard, starting point guard. All right, I sucked. Right. I averaged more turnovers and points in a game. Right. But when I played with like high with the higher up group and I played with the guys that like were, were that were able to bypass middle school basketball which I played and they went right to freshman basketball as seventh graders. Right. I was a superstar. Right. You were I was stuck. a role player, but I was I was I looked like the next Stephen Curry out there. Right. You were seventh off the bench. Good guy. I was solid defender, all right? My coach would pick me off the bench and tell me to go out there and defend guys. But that's the truth. If you're around good guys, it's going to make you look better. Right. But that leads to the misnomer then that you can try to take that guy. Oh, look what he did over here. He's got to be great. Let's plug him in over here. That's how business works. Right. I mean, you're going to have to take the shot. Right. But if you can't surround yourself with the same type like minds and not everybody getting along. I mean, it, it sounds fascist, but you have to be lockstep in a business like this where everybody simply has to be on the same page. Right. The band has to be in tune, playing the same song. And a lot of these organizations, it's just not so. Indianapolis is one of those organizations. Cleveland is one of those organizations. Um, I think Jacksonville is finally getting it right. Uh, The Raiders, look at the Raiders. They're finally now in concert. They're starting to turn stuff around. The Raiders might make the playoffs this year. Which is shocking. The Raiders. That'd be great. I love the Raiders. That's That's a good story. I wouldn't mind. See, I like comeback stories. Because then that gives hope for me. That's why you're a Browns fan. 
yeah. you've been waiting to come back for 20 years. Yeah, longer than that, but sure. Yeah. Another coaching change. Another. So now, already through the NFL, what, week eight now mm-hmm. done? We've yep. had two head coaches fired and three coordinators. Unbelievable so far. NFL, not for long. Exactly. The other coach, we had it breaking news right here on the morning after. Yesterday, Ken Wisenhunt. Wisenhunt. Gone. Relieved of his duties is what they said of head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And it came perfectly right before we had Mike Fenner on the show. So we were able to ask So you you got the the shocking response. We got the raw response from Mr. The dagger to the heart. Right, he was. He said he was. He was. He was dumbfounded. I think or confused or. Yeah, I believe I heard at the end of the broadcast he was saying "Go Browns" because he feels like a Browns fan now. Yeah, I mean, you guys are basically in the same boat. I mean, you're mm-hmm. both just going for those top five picks every year. It seems like just to tie it back into the mecca, in, into the mecca, uh, Wisenhunt was one of those top guys in the final running to get that job in Cleveland. Right, and you know who was supposed to go with him? No cool. Mike Miller. Ah. He was going to bring him along as offensive coordinator, but Cleveland said no. Right. At least it was the reports that came out. Right. And then he said, sorry, Mike, but then he still didn't get the job. Right. Then he went to Tennessee. Then he went to Tennessee. And then Mike Miller is the offensive coordinator of Edinburgh. Right. Small world. Small. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, Ken Wisenhunt out as head coach. Mike Malarkey, former Jags coach, in Malarkey. as the interim Head coach, is it Malarkey that Wisenhunt was fired? Titans one and six last in the AFC South, lone win in the season opener against the Bucks. Unreal. Would you have fired him at this juncture of the season? Not even on a bye week. You're you're playing this week, this Sunday at New Orleans. So you're on the road. You did it on a Tuesday. So not even, you know, right after your Sunday game. You did it on a Tuesday morning and you got to go on the road so it's not even like you get an extra day at home in nashville right, I, you got to go down to new orleans i don't understand I, I don't get so you're saying you wouldn't fire him to answer my question i've asked twice now correct okay i would not have i would not have fired i mean you're still looking at a young team right and i don't i don't understand what the titans are thinking here you, you draft marcus mariota okay right and i think ken w- wisenhunt drafted or was all for drafting marcus mariota because mm-hmm. he thought it was going to save his job right it thought that if you got Marks Marriott, it was going to buy you at least one year, pr- probably two. Two, right. You know, one year to get him acclimated to the league, and then the next year, that's where you're going to need to start producing. But you're one in six through seven games, two of which Marcus Mariota hasn't played in, another one he got injured in. That's almost half your games. Your number two overall pick, your season starting quarterback, has not played in, and you've played with Zach Mettenberger under center. How did the Titans front office think that Ken Wisenhunt and company is supposed to produce a winner with Zach Mettenberger? You got nothing. Nothing. Mettenberger is a borderline reliable backup in the National Football League. Borderline. I agree. Mark Sanchez is a good backup in the National Football League. Not Zach Mettenberger. Bit of a stretch, but I can see where you're going with it. Sanchez has been to an AFC championship game. Okay. Mettenberger I probably hasn't even won five games as a starter. And Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Okay, but now people people laud him. I'm not saying Dilfer's yeah. an elite quarterback. Sanchez is a solid backup quarterback. For, for, would you take Mark Sanchez on the Cleveland Browns? No. 
You're a liar. No, get because there's no because there's too much wrong with him anyway. He's not going to help the team. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this before I okay. just go berserk. Ballistic on me? Because he won an AFC championship game. You guys haven't had a winning season in who knows how long. Since 07? Right. Yeah. And you're not going to take Mark Sanchez. No. That's Why? ridiculous. What's the point? Why would I pay You want to start Johnny Manziel. We'll get to the Browns later. I just don't understand why. I'm, I'm just trying to still wrap my head around why the Titans let him go. I don't. They say they claim it's because his inability to finish games and. Oh, where's the quote? Play calling. Uh, NFL Network's Albert Breer reports play calling and the inability to finish games were among the issues with Wizenhunt. Tennessee held a twenty. Tennessee held a twenty-seven to fourteen fourth quarter lead over the Colts in Week Three, and a ten and zero third quarter lead over the Bills in Week Five, and went on to lose both games. So apparently, they believe that Malarkey can turn this team around and figure out how to finish a game with the exact same personnel. And the exact same plays that Wizenhunt had. Yes, yeah, so now Chud's going to try to figure that out. Or not Chud, excuse not me. Not Chud. Uh, Malarkey's trying Malarkey. to try to figure it out. Too, too much coaching change right away here in the beginning. I know, it's mind-boggling. It really is. But And, you know, I was talking about this with Chewy yesterday. When you take a head coaching gig in the National Football League, you right. essentially just take the job to get fired. Think of how many coaches are able to leave under their own power. Not many. Even Andy Reid, who had a pretty successful tenure in the Eagles, stayed a little bit too long, and he got fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me a coach that left on, on, on his own. You can't. You can't. Everybody, everybody sooner or later gets fired. Yeah. No matter how long the run, they get fired. It's interesting. It's, it's stupid. It's what it is. It's stupid. I mean, there's a few teams that have had longevity at coaches, and those are the teams that have success. Yeah, you need. I mean, yeah, you need to have a good head coach. I mean, the Eagles were a decent football team for the years that Andy Reid was there. Right. I mean, they, they, were, they, they were, were competitive. They were in it. They had a chance right. every season. Right. I mean, and they were what five NFC championship appearances, only won one of them. Yep. Um, but you look at Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots, long time there. Uh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh with the Baltimore Ravens is 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 a decent quarterback up. Right. You look at head coach Cower to Tomlin. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you just the Cowher himself and then Tomlin himself. Aside, Tom Coughlin in New York Giants, he's always on the hot seat, but he's figuring things out. McCarthy in Green Bay? McCarthy in Green Bay. But you know what most of those guys have, too? They have solid quarterbacks. Well, they have solid quarterbacks, and they also have a front office that they don't deviate from their plan. I mean, because Ozzie Newsom's been there for since been the GM of the Ravens for, like, ever now. Right, but I'm saying is you don't need to worry I mean, as, as a front office, if you if you hit on target with a head coach, and right. or or and or quarterback, depending on how that timeline falls, you're set. I mean, you don't need to deviate. You, people te- people tend to stray from the original plan when it's not working. Right. So you feel then that a coach's fate is directly tied to his quarterback. It seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, look at Andy Reid. He was good right. in Philadelphia. After, I mean, they were like 2-14 and 14 his first year, worked their way up, got drafted Donovan McNabb, and then he was solid for years and years and years. Right. I mean, sure, Donovan was hurt, and there were other guys, Mike Vick in there, Jeff Garcia, A.J. Feely even, had some mild success, but that was a quarterback. You look at New England. Bill Belichick wasn't 
but going for perfect seasons out of the gate, got stole Tom Brady in the late rounds of the draft, and then the rest is history. Eli Manning in that trade from the in that draft day trade between the Chargers and the Giants. Now that really saved Tom Coughlin there. Yep. And, um, just look around. McCarthy has Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And went, that, went from he Brett Favre, Favre right? So he got Aaron he Rogers. got the tail end of Brett Favre. Had Aaron Rodgers drafted was a, they did the perfect thing. Had him learn under Favre for a few years, then start. Joe Flacco, you know the the borderline elite quarterback, is with Harbaugh in Baltimore. Right. Well, the the I mean the the crux of Baltimore has always been their defense. I mean that's what they live or die by. And then the offense just but the of, offense is helping now. Yeah, I think that's the better yeah, quarterback d- they've had yeah. in a while. I right. mean, you look at you look at Pete Carroll in Seattle. I think he's going to settle in nice if he wants to because of Russell Wilson. Right, and then you look at you, you flip the script and look at what happened to Kaepernick. Exactly, right? he's Har- gone. Har- Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's gone. Right, and now now they're benching Cap, Cap. to start Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert. Who? Who? Awesome. Why? It makes no. I mean, to me, looking at Cap's numbers this year, he hasn't done that much wrong. You know what? He hasn't done a whole lot right. Keep that on mind. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, and, and it, it's, it's really not his fault. I don't think so either. But we'll talk about that on the other side because it's 923. got to hit a break. We're killing it here. Don't come back. Or don't go anywhere. We'll be back. The morning after rolls along. Welcome back. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after 929 here on a, a solid Wednesday show. We're surprising ourselves with how well behaved we are. Maybe I'm just in a good mood with the nice weather. I mean, that really does get me in a good mood. I'm wearing shorts today, Tubby. Shorts. I know it. It's crazy. I know it. It's almost like... Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. That's how excited I am. Right. It's like, shorts? We're talking about shorts? shorts? <laughs> it's November 4th. In Burrow. In the Burrow. I, I had a scarf on like two weeks ago. Right. Like, we should be wading through waist-high snow at this point. Yeah. Dodging the plow truck. Hey. Hey, don't 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 jinx it, man. Don't jinx it. Eh, it's okay. Well, soon enough. It will be soon enough. Anywho, hopefully not till later, at much, towards the end of the semester. Much later. Uh, anywho, we had a good t- discussion, and we finally moved it over to Kaepernick because we got we got you know we right. sent, worked our way over there, and and you know he that's another storyline here in this week of the National Football League. He's being benched. Um. For Blaine Gabbard, who's injured himself, San Francisco 49ers. I think he was number 12 overall was Blaine Gabbard at one point in time, taken by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That experiment mm. didn't last very long, didn't nope. work at either. So then they shipped him off. He's a backup for San Fran. So Colin Kaepernick, um, you, got, you got stats on him for uh, me? Get some stats on him for me. Okay. Because here's my thing. is now, now, I know the trade deadline has come and gone. Eagles didn't make any trades. But mm-hmm. I would have been okay for the Eagles to trade for Colin Kaepernick. Yes. I would have agreed with that call. I would have. Because he, he fits that offense that Kelly's trying and to run. he's never going to be successful with Jim Tom Sula as the head coach. Correct. Because Jim Tom Sula was a, is a defensive-minded guy. He wasn't, mind you, he wasn't even the defensive coordinator, Tubby. Mm-hmm. He was the defensive line coach. I, I respect San Francisco's decision to make him the head coach because he's a solid guy, a likable guy, someone that Harbaugh wasn't for professionals. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, obviously a good coach. It's working out in Michigan. However, Harbaugh was a quarterback. 
in the college and in the professional ranks. Harbaugh knows quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He could have fixed Colin Kaepernick. Yep. It's no coincidence that as soon as a defensive-minded head coach is in there, Kaepernick goes south. Yep. Kaepernick needs he needs some mentoring. He's he's not a he's 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 rough around the edges, which is why I think the Eagles are afraid to move him and bring him in because Chip Kelly is huge to a fault, I think, huge on culture. Yep. If you don't fit into what he wants, if you do some questionable things, you're out. I don't care whether you're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're not playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. It's right. the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, that gym- was the number one thing that happened to Deshaun Jackson. Yep. It wasn't LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy was because he was getting paid too much. And the, and the Eagles have Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, and DeMarco Murray all for the same price tag. Actually, I think it's like $2 million more than they would have paid LaShawn McCoy mm-hmm. for this year. Which is okay. That's financially responsible. You got stats on Cal- I have stats. Hit so... Me. 2015 regular season. Okay. Completions. 144 out of 243 attempts. Yards, 1,615. Completion percentage, 59.3. Average of 6.65. TD, 6. Long of 76. Interceptions, 5. Fumbles, 5. Total QBR, 47.6. So he's completing almost 60% of his passes. Yeah. That ain't too bad. That ain't shabby. Look up Sam Bradford's stats. Tell me if he's completing 60% of his passes. Now, I can understand why the Niners want to bench him. They're 2-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Okay, they just lost. They've scored nine points combined in the last two weeks. Losses to the Seahawks and the Rams. Both teams not slouches. Remember, they beat Minnesota. Upstart Minnesota, whose Tubby's very high on. 20-3 mm-hmm. to three in the season opener. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. They also beat Baltimore, 25-20. to 20. Mm-hmm. Those are some good wins. Sam Bradford's stats. Completions, one, this is out of the 2015 regular season. Completions, 170 for 274 attempts. Yards, 1,766. Completion percentage, 62%. Average, 6.45. TDs, 9. Long of 62. Interceptions, 10. Mm-hmm. Fumbles, 4. Mm-hmm. For a total QBR of 29.6. So he's completing a little over 6% of his pass. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of interceptions. There's a lot of bad things Sam Bradford's doing. Right. He's not running the offense exactly the way Chip Kelly wants, but Chip Kelly is sticking with Sam Bradford. Don't ask me why. I think it's because he, Chip Kelly, the general manager, has kind of put Chip Kelly, the coach, in, in a corner. Yes. And he's stuck with Sam Bradford. It's either that or you got to go with Mark Sanchez, which I'm okay with. Sanchez did well in, in, in relief in, for a few games stint, but I don't know if, he's gonna be, if he should be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think, I think Kaepernick would be the better option for the Eagles at this Heck point. yeah. Because Kaepernick... Adds that he's another player that the defense has to account for. If they leave Cap open, you know what I mean, and they don't have that spy in there right. to keep an eye on them, Cap's liable to break one open, whereas you don't have that run threat versus mm-hmm. a Sam Bradford or even Sanchez, for that matter. Sanchez, is, in my opinion, isn't all that mobile. He's not a game-breaker with his feet, whereas Kaepernick can break the game open for you. No, I agree. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I, don't, I, I mean, mean it's, it's come and gone. It's not there. I don't know why you're starting playing Gabbert, though. I mean, don't forget they did trade Vernon Davis to the Broncos. So they are basically saying the season's over. But right, at, that same at, point, point. at that same point, though, I don't think that the – I don't think Colin Kaepernick starts another game. No. No, I think he's, he's gone at the end of the year. You can't go – yeah, right. I mean, I don't think he ever even makes a return here in 2015 because no. after you bench him for playing Gabbert, you can't go back to him. No. His, his already – 
you know, Rocky probably mentality and, and his fragile and, and ego. His fragile ego is already hurt because you Broken. benched him. And I mean, things don't get easier for the Niners. I no. mean, if they're okay going and you know, maybe they're trying to fail for Cardell now. I don't know. Maybe they're giving up on the Kaepernick experiment. Which I'm okay with because maybe that's why the, no one's trading for a cap. Because the Eagles will pick them up in free agency. Cheaper. Right. I mean, the Eagles... Uh, the guy's going to be there, yeah. I mean, I just don't understand what you're thinking if you're San Francisco. I mean, it's one thing to sell the house. Right. It's one thing to piecemeal it out and break it down a little bit. But if you're stripping the entire house to get to the copper, t- the, to get to the copper piping... Yes. And you rip out your foundation to do it. I mean, how much? What's San Francisco going to be left with to Nothing. build with? Nothing. I mean, this is going to set them back so many years. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be like the new Browns. They're going to be like Cleveland West. Does Jim Tom Sula last this year? <sighs> Pass this year? How about that question? Because I think he makes <sighs> the year. But does he make next year? Say I, the Brown or not the Browns. Say the Niners finish. Four and twelve. Oof, that's they, a hard pill for win them to swallow. Up two there. more games. That's a hard pill to swallow for them. Because they're not used to losing. I mean, they're. I, I I wouldn't think. I mean, well, now that Wizard Hunt, I mean, could Wizard Hunt go to go to go to San Fran? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of head coaching gigs open. I think. I mean, Tennessee will be open, obviously, at the end of the year for a full time. Right. You have. Um, potentially, I think Detroit will be open. I think Indianapolis will be open by the end of the year. Um, I think that, I mean, we don't even know about Miami. Miami's still using interim for Campbell. Right. I mean, I think he might got a shot at, at locking down. I mean, at least, the, at least the players. But, that's, but that, I think, is four. So if you add San Francisco, that's five spots open. Um, you continue on through. Who else is there? You could go, I mean, if Dallas sucks it up this year, does Jason Garrett get fired too? I, mean, I don't think mm-hmm. so, but I mean, you don't never know with Jerry Jones. Right. I mean, there's there's talk of letting Petten go out of Cleveland. Right. I mean, you Cleveland guys freak out again and screw that over. <sighs> I that hope could they be don't. six. I hope they don't, because I'm going to choke slam every single one of them if they well, do. If the Giants choke down the stretch, do Tom Coughlin finally get fired? <laughs> That's seven. I don't know, but that guy's like Teflon. There were like eight head coaching openings a year ago. Right. So it could be a feeding frenzy. I mean, Black Monday could be seriously Black Monday. Really could be. So now let's take a look real quick at a Thursday night, and we'll talk more about it with Chewy tomorrow. Uh, but since you are the Browns. Since I am that guy. You are that guy. Uh, the 2-6 and six Cleveland Browns take on the Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow, 825, solely on the NFL Network, which you don't get, right? No. So what are you going to do? Stream it. Illegally? Stream it. All right. 825, no CBS, which I'm happy for, because that means they bring back some good shows on CBS. I don't need to watch this nonsense on CBS. No. I got the NFL Network. Yeah. Stupid. Anywho, Bengals seven and zero after beating the Steelers a week ago. Browns two and six after nearly knocking off the Arizona Cardinals. Right. The Bengals twelve point favorites. Yeah. At home, they're probably going to roll. You think you don't give the now? It's officially came out today. <laughs> the Browns announced that Johnny Manziel is it's, going to start for Josh McCown, who is still um, nursing that rib injury. Right. Johnny should have came in at halftime Sunday. In my opinion. At least sometime late in the second half, at least. Right. So, I mean, it's good that McCown's getting some rest. Um, right. Let's see what Johnny can do. Uh, Joe Hayden's going to be out 
Because he's got concussed, right? Right. So normally my advice on this game is to sit A.J. Green if you happen to have Green on your fantasy league. However, with no Joe Hayden to shut him down, start A.J. Green. A.J. Green, 46 catches, 649 yards, four touchdowns yeah. this season. Um, I, don't think that, I don't think that Williams so, is going to shut him so, down. So. so let me ask you this, two questions. One, do the Browns cover What's the 12-point what? dogs? <laughs> I doubt it. All right, so you think the Bengals win by at least 12. I could probably say they win by 17. If, I'd say probably by 20. I'd say they win by 20. I could see like a 31-14. Right, because our, our, that's, secondary, that's not... our secondary is decimate. You're looking at hit. Uh, our safety, Whitner's going to be out. Joe Hayden's going to be out. Um, Brian Hartline is down. So then you're looking at uh, Moore and a Dwayne Bowe sighting. Dwayne Bowe actually gets the start at wide receiver. So, Moore and Bo will be in for receivers. With their secondary and the size of our receivers, except for Bo, who really hasn't done anything but ride a bike and collect a check. Right. So, let me ask you this question now. On the other side, if the Cincinnati Bengals win, they're already off to the best start, first time ever in 7-0 in, program, in, in uh, franchise history. Right. Do they lock up this division with a win? 8 nothing. 8 no. Yeah. It's done. It's over with. Because I don't think this is the Steelers' year. I think there's just one injury after another. Because you had you had Big Ben. You you didn't have Le'Veon Bell for the beginning. Then you right. have then you have uh, then you lose Big Ben and you have Le'Veon Bell. Now you lost Le'Veon Bell, but you're gonna get Big Ben back. So looking at this division right now, you got the Bengals at top at seven and zero. The next closest person is four and four, and that's the Steelers. Then you got the Browns and the Ravens at two and six. I don't think I mean that would have to be a heck of a comeback for the Ravens to come back yeah, and get anything. That's done. This will probably be the first year that the wild card team does not come, come out from the of, north. Yeah, because they're just beating each other up. So that's the Bengals. We'll have to talk. We'll talk more about that one with Chu tomorrow. Uh, look at the injury reports. Talk about Johnny Manziel. See what he can do from this start. Um, gets another shot in the National Football league we're gonna hit a break here though we got to get mike fenner on the line coming up we're gonna talk edinburgh women's soccer who was triumphant yesterday against the kutztown colden bears one to nothing as he and i called that action from Sox harrison stadium right here on wfsc we'll talk about that and what is upcoming for the ladies this friday in the semifinals. don't go anywhere we got that in our final segment we'll be right back Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio 947 here in our final segment. Thank you all for tuning in, edinburghnow.com, the TuneIn app as well. Missed any of this stuff today. A good, solid Wednesday conversation. Maybe this has to go up in the Hall of Fame of one of our best Wednesday shows, Tubby. Mm-hmm. There you go. He doesn't care anymore. And uh, he's... he's uh, Checking out. Whatever. And uh, you can check that out on edinburghnow.com with our podcast up there every day to on-demand listening. Because that's what it's all about. A la carte. A la carte. Uh, someone that is, uh, doesn't probably listen to any of these podcasts. Mike Fenner is calling in now uh, to talk about Edinburgh women's soccer, the color commentator for yesterday's action right here in 88.9. Called it with me. He is now joining us here on the morning after. Mr. Fenner, good morning. Good morning to you, fine gentlemen. How are you doing? We are. We're, we're dandy. Living a dream, sir. Good to hear. So, Borough soccer yesterday, one to nothing. And a, a thriller of a match on a beautiful, sunny Tuesday afternoon in the borough. Nearly 70 degrees. Um, much different from the last time these two teams got together. 
and uh, it was a, it was a nail biter. It really was. Uh, not not a lot going on. Six to two shots in the first half. Edinburgh had that advantage, and it was the 67th minute when Alex Brown, the junior forward, got her shot from about 26 yard out and put it in the top left shelf of the net for the lone goal of the game. After that first 45 minutes, Mike, you're at halftime. It's nothing, nothing. Barely any shots being fired off. Burrow barely had any corner kicks. What did you think? You th- did you think that this this was trending Edinburgh's way or trending Kutztown's way? Uh, like I told you on the broadcast yesterday, Tyler, I thought it was kind of advantage Kutztown because you got to think traveling all the way across the state to try and face a team that you saw put up two goals in the first 15 minutes of the action the last time you played at the same venue at Sox Harrison Stadium. You had to consider that a huge victory, especially considering they did outshoot you by three times as many shots uh, and couldn't put anything in the back of the net. Great opportunities to start things off. A free kick uh, from Abby Gillespie and then also uh, a shot from Ashley Mutkus to hit the crossbar just a little bit too high in the first half within the first uh, 30 minutes of the action. But they couldn't capitalize, and I felt like going into the locker room, Cutsdown had to feel at least somewhat good about the fact that, you know, 45 minutes are done. It's 0-0. You're starting over. It's another 45 minutes to try and steal one on the road and, you know, to try and hang around and, and maybe you know stick around Northwest Pennsylvania for a couple more days and go to go to Erie. Yeah, I don't know if they really would have liked that too much. But anyway, um, I mean, it is pretty nice out here. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's nice out here this week. Yeah. Now it, this is more like the eastern side of Pennsylvania. But no, they would have loved to been out here to get to the semifinals. But in the second half, it was a much different Edinburgh team. Uh, we said you know maybe it might be a misstep by a defense that allows a team to score, and we really thought it was going to be a one to nothing tilt. It turned out to be a one to nothing tilt, and Alex Brown was the one getting that shot. Just how. How clutch was that? And, you know, one thing that we said is is it, it wasn't a misstep by a defense. That was all Brown creating her own opportunity. No, that's exactly right. Uh, when she talked about the play yesterday after the match, uh, she said, you know, there was a lot of pressure there. She did feel the pressure that someone had to take it into their own hands and someone had to step up and make that play, uh, especially when considering the first 20 minutes of that second half, it felt like cuts down at all the momentum, you know, all the possession in Edinburgh territory, really threatening the score. And it felt like the Scots just needed one play, one person to step up and make that play. Uh, and she also said, you know, to no surprise here, that was all for her team, all for her teammates, her coaches, you know, everybody involved. Uh, she said it felt good because she hasn't seen a ton of scoring opportunities lately. Uh, fifth goal of the season and just the right place at the right time. And, you know, execution was there for her. And she, and she was, you know, as we could see on the broadcast, she was thrilled to have that one go to the back of the net. Absolutely. So Edinburgh gets that one to nothing victory um, on that beautiful day. There, another tough loss for Cutstown, one to nothing. Uh, all their losses, except for the one earlier this season, Edinburgh being with a one goal difference. Now, for Cutstown side, Mike, I know you really haven't known too much of their resume this year, but do you think they still have a shot at eleven six and one overall, eleven five in the conference, at at getting a bid in the NCAA tournament? Uh, you know. It's going to be close because you've got to consider the fact that when you look at this PSAC bracket alone, I mean, it's not just the PSAC that's considered, obviously, for the NCAA playoffs, but Westchester, as a two-seed, loses to East Stroudsburg, who's a seven yesterday, uh, as we had all four games in action at the same time simultaneously. Uh, that, could, that could really do some favors. Certainly, they may have needed Slippery Rock, a three-seed, to fall. Um, but, you know, maybe if... 
It's going to be hard to overtake an Edinburgh team, though, that you lost to twice and that you lost to head up in the, in the postseason. So that's probably not going to do many favors. But uh, probably a fringe team, and you know, I don't know the lay of the land like some others, maybe outside of the PSAC with with uh, D2 women's soccer. But uh, it's going to be close. I think they're probably going to be just on the outside looking in, though, if I had to guess. Edinburgh, uh, you talked to head coach Gary Kagiavis afterwards yesterday, and he confirmed to you that he feels pretty confident that the ladies will get into the NCAA tournament uh, after that one to nothing victory against Cutstown. So even more uh, soccer ahead for the ladies. Now, you guys had mentioned on the broadcast yesterday as I was listening in, um, if the ladies can win Friday at Gannon, in Gannon, then that almost locks them up for the NCAA tourney, correct? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, this is the sixth time Edinburgh's playing in the PSAC tournament. Um, and first time since 2012, actually, my freshman year here at Edinburgh, uh, that they're playing in the semifinals. Um, a win over Gannon not only puts them in the PSAC tournament championship for the first time ever, uh, but it's the number one team in the nation with just one loss. So to overcome and, you know, erase that 4 to nothing regular season match at that place uh, on October 13th, I think you're absolutely stamped in. You're locked in the NCAA field, if not already. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they are probably locked in already um, into the PSA, or into the NCAA tournament. Now let's take a look at the PSAC tournament. Is that still going on? So Edinburgh wins advances to Friday. As you mentioned, the three other quarterfinals were happening at the same time. Gannon wins 3-1 to one against uh, eighth-seeded Bloomsburg. So the top seed, Gannon, hosts the remainder of the matches, the two semifinals on Friday and the finals on Friday, regardless of whether Gannon is in that championship match or not. On the bottom half of the bracket, number three, Slippery Rock beats number six, Shippensburg, one to nothing in overtime. And then... East Strasburg, as you mentioned earlier, Mike, seven seed East Strasburg defending conference champs beat Westchester um, four to three in penalty kicks. So nothing, nothing through double overtime. 110 minutes of action had to go to penalty kicks because it is the postseason. You can't go with a tie, and they win yep. four to three in penalty kicks. Um, so now Slippery Rock East Strasburg will match up Friday morning at 11 a.m. at McConnell Family Stadium at Gannon, and then Edinburgh will face Gannon, the top team in the nation, at 1:30. Of course, we'll have you on here on Friday, Mike, um, to talk about that match as, as we, uh, we're most likely going to have that right here on 88.9 at 1.30 on Friday with you and I on the call. Just your early thoughts about the Gannon-Edinburgh match, uh, knowing that when these two teams met up, it, it was all Gannon, but that was some adverse weather conditions against the Borough. I think one of the biggest keys to this matchup is, as you mentioned, with Coach Tagiavis talking about how he feels comfortable that this team has secured itself in the NCAA field. I think that is a big factor in how you mentally prepare yourself for this matchup. Uh, if you feel like you've done the work, you've got the resume to be in the NCAA tournament already, and you feel that there's no doubt however the result goes on Friday, I think you go in with you know, guns a-blazing, so to say, and come in loose and try and knock this team off, uh, give them everything you got, and don't play so tight and so nervous uh, that you have to have this game to make the NCAA playoffs. That's kind of my thing uh, with this matchup. And, you know, talking to him initially, just, you know, after one question earlier uh, yesterday after the match, he says that they're confident. They feel like they're going to be prepared, and they feel like they've seen everything they can see uh, throughout the PSAC and, and with that matchup earlier this season against the Golden Knights. He feels that, you know, there's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to, to fear going into that match. Right, and that was a 4 to nothing win for the Gannon Golden Knights up in Erie on that night. Looking at the three other, or excuse me, two other teams remaining in the PSAC tournament, Slippery Rock and East Stroudsburg, both squads uh, 
played Edinburgh this season. Slippery Rock won a close one to nothing win at Sox Harrison Stadium a few weeks ago. And then East Stroudsburg actually was a was a loss for them. Edinburgh beat ESU two to one on senior day. Uh, back on October 24th. So Edinburgh has seen those two other teams, if it comes to that point, that they will face them in the finals if they're able to knock off the top-seeded Gannon Golden Knights. All right, Mike, we appreciate the time this morning, a few minutes to talk Borough Women's Soccer as their season is continuing, hopefully past Friday, both in the PSAC tournament and the NCAA tournament. We will talk to you on Friday, good sir. All righty, gentlemen. Take it easy. Thank you. That's Mr. Fenner there on the show giving us some good analysis and the like for Borough Women's Soccer. It's a good time to be alive, Tubby. It's a good time to be a Borough. Heck yeah, it's a good, it's a, what does they say? It's a good day to be a fighting Scott. Yep. So, good work by them. And don't forget women's volleyball we talked about a while ago. They clinched a PSAC playoff uh, berth for the first time since 2011. So, as soon as women's soccer is kind of wrapping things up or maybe continuing in the NCAA continuing. tournament, right. the women's volleyball team will be getting their postseason underway as well so that's interesting and you know we appreciate you always listening in tubby thanks i try i know you try so as i said before still some logistics to figure out for friday but if i was a betting man i would bet that mike fenner and i will be at mcconnell family stadium on friday at 1 30 with the call with the call right here on 88.9 edinburghnow.com and the tune in app on mobile devices uh for that game i think we'll be the only one covering it we were the only one covering it um on Yesterday, obviously, Kutztown not really bringing anybody. Right. Um, but I, I, I know Jet Radio does some football for Gannon up in Erie, but I don't think they'll get the women's soccer call. So, Mike, we'll just be the lone, the lone dogs. The only way you're going to be able to listen to it or follow it without the live stats, I think Gannon's going to provide video. So, ideally, like Tubby does, is get that video on. Get the video link Mute going, it. Mute it, and then listen to Mike and Tyler on the, on the stream. Right. I mean, that's, that's, the most, that's the most logical way I think you can go about it. And so our game is at 1.30, but we'll be following ahead of time at 11 a.m., Slippery Rock versus East Stroudsburg at Gannon. So that will be going from 11, just wrapping up at about 1 o'clock. And right. then they got half an hour to warm up, does Gannon in Edinburgh on the field, and then they'll be ready to go kicking off at 1.30. Right. So going in, because I know Friday's show is going to be real jam-packed. We're not going to have a whole lot of time to go over, but just real quick. Burrow going up to face Gannon, even though Gannon's kind of this juggernaut, only one loss on the season. Right. But with nothing to lose for Burrow, does that make Burrow a more dangerous team and heighten the chance at actually dethroning Gannon, as it were? Certainly. I mean, I think Gannon can also play loose, too. I mean, I think they want to win the PSAC tournament. Um, but I think, you know, they're obviously already locked in for the NCAA tournament, being the top seed in the nation. Um, top-ranked team in the nation. So I think they're both going to play loose, and I think the first match wasn't really a good indication with the tough weather conditions. Uh, Gannon scored four goals in the first half, nothing in the second half. So I think that's not really a true indication, so we'll have to see what happens on on Friday and how the weather shakes out, hopefully a little bit better than that last time. So that's all for us, Tubby. We'll talk about that on Friday. NFL, Josh Gleason, Tom Reisenweber with you, maybe Mike in studio, maybe calling in. We'll figure that out as well. But the morning after continues along tomorrow, 9 to 10 a.m., with Chewy and myself talking Thursday night football, another week in the National Football League, and we'll take a look at the National Basketball Association with the athlete formerly known as Chewy. Thanks for tuning on in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.